0: Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm an accountant of 40%German.com, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Dilly Algemer to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. Hey Dilly, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you, Nick? Yeah, I'm all right.
0: It's been a it's been a end of semester week, so Ooh. I'm uh, I'm just into the into the prüfungsvocke. So Uh-huh feeling very worn out already yeah. it's only tuesday
1: end of the exam week
0: in, well friday can't come soon enough i say but <laughs> here here dilly it's quite exciting this week because uh producer simon's not with us it kind of feels like uh, the training wheels have been taken off the podcast and at any minute the whole thing is going to collapse <laughs> in on us uh, I'm a little bit nervous. Are you nervous, Dilly?
1: I am. Because, um, you know, you, usually you have his stern face on the screen. And, and you get, I gauge the quality of my speech. And on his facial expressions, Exactly on his unguarded <laughs> facial expressions, might I qualify? I mean, if I might qualify my statement. Yeah. I, I feel like I've lost the light. <laughs> my guiding light. <laughs> Oh,
0: yeah, we'll get a little light back, Dilly. Don't worry. I'll just, I'll put on some fake eyebrows. That'll make you feel better. <laughs> then I'll be really expressive. He
1: really moves his eyebrows. He
0: really does. He's got some stupendously expressive eyebrows. Yeah, our lovely producer, uh, Simon, has gone back to the home country of New Zealand for a little bit. Uh, he's taken a well-deserved break. Um, I will say he didn't, uh, he didn't ask mine and Dilly's permission. He just told us, which I was a bit upset about. But, you know... <laughs> No, one's, no one follows the office processes. Anyway, um, we hope he's having a lovely time and uh, he deserves it. But I'll tell you what will keep me going, Dilly, is a question from you. So what's your question?
1: My question is, Nick, what's your favorite kind of cake?
0: <laughs> favorite kind of cake? This won't take very long because there's only one cake that anyone should have as their favorite choice. And that is the mighty, the undefeatable Bean and shtick—it is the top cake, I would say. It's got everything that you could ever ever want from a from a cake, I would say.
1: Right. Okay. So it's got the basicness to it, which is like simplicity, and then we have a little bit of almonds on top and honey, right?
0: If and if you don't know what a bean and shtick is, um, I'll give you the the recipe that my my wife uses, which is for me the ultimate mm. one. Some people make it with like a spongy base and cream, and then a kind of honey almond Mm -hmm. topping but that's what you get as your bog standard bakery choice if you get a real one it's essentially a yeast dough that kind of it's kind of it's not quite puff pastry but it's not quite short crust Mm -hmm. pastry it's something in between those two points so you get yeast dough you leave it overnight and then you make kind of like a, a pocket and you fill it with cream Ooh. and you put honey and almonds on the top and the honey kind of solidifies mm-hmm. into um, a crust. And what you have is like a quite kind of crispy top with a gooey middle. Mm-hmm. And that is the old bean and shtick. Ah,
1: it sounds good. And that good. is why it's the best. Good
0: choice, good choice. There is a lot, there's a lot of like close seconds, I think. There's mm. a lot of close seconds. I don't know, what's your choice? What's your choice?
1: Um, I would say... I like my mom's cake. It's a very simple butter cake. I mean, in Sri Lanka, we say butter cake, I think. But um, another word is a pound cake. Uh, in German, I think it's called Ruhekuchen.
0: Rührkuchen. Yeah,
1: Ruhe, uh, Ruhe. I hate doing the umlaut. Yeah, no, no it's, really
0: the, the, it's the R that I couldn't hear. Ah,
1: okay. Um, and with a buttercream frosting. And it's, it's the best cake on earth. But Germany does very good cake, like the Schwarzwelder Kirschtorte, the Black Forest cake. That's really mm-hmm. nice, with lots of cream and cherry in it, and alcohol.
0: Yeah, that's a really, it's a, it's a real popular one in Britain. certainly one that, when people think of Germany, the reach for that, along with Wurst and beer and mountains and lederhosen, is things that they know about mm-hmm. Germany. So it's quite popular in Britain. It's like a, quite a 70s, 80s dessert, like a frozen, uh, Black Forest Mm Gatto would be something that everyone would get quite excited about. I like, uh, is it the Donovella quarter?
1: Oh, Donovella, oh, that's lovely.
0: So it's got like a nice, it's got a funny sort of chocolatey top that's got a wave kind of usually um, scraped into it by the the baker. and cherries, cherries I think as and well. cream
1: and chocolate cake.
0: That's a real good option. Yeah. I like um, morn cooking. I'll be honest. Like honestly, you could stick a cake, <laughs> any cake, in front of us pretty much, and I'd be like, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the ones with the weird kind of jelly and fruit. I find like that is that's a, um, a stretch too far. But again, if you put it in front of me and I didn't have a choice, I would probably eat it I, too.
1: I eat that. I like that. Like fruit set in um, set, set. Is it gelatin? It is, no? It's a yeah,
0: it's gelatine usually, yeah. yeah. It's like a gelatine mix.
1: I, I think it's it's interesting, the texture.
0: Uh, I kind of feel like it, it's way more show than than cake, right? So it looks really good. Like that effect mm-hmm. of the jelly and the fruit, They got a glassy kind of effect. It looks mm-hmm. really good. Like if you have, I've been to weddings where the, everybody's baked cakes. They did it at my wedding too. Everyone baked a cake. So there wasn't just the wedding cake, there was loads of cakes, which I think is frankly a great idea we've probably got a, a wedding episode in our future somewhere but um i could talk about um wedding cakes till the cows come home but it looks really impressive when you have lots of different cakes and one of them happens to be that jelly fruit kind of sponge cake but actually honestly it's just if given the option i would i would not i wouldn't choose it uh i like something that has a bit more punch to it so
1: I I'm wondering, I mean can I do a shout out to my favorite cake making <laughs> You can do whatever you want please.
0: <laughs> you can do Yay! whatever you want.
1: So Simon Simon our producer says that I re- that it's a, quite obvious that I really like fruit. I also really like cake. And in Gießen, there is the Cafe Geisner and they have a cake called the White Lady which is white chocolate but also um raspberry and strawberry buttercream frosting in between thin slices of very nice cake and mm. the white chocolate and the cr- butter cream frosting also comes on top ah oh, jesus christ <laughs> i that's very good cake <laughs> it's like this lovely sour and sweet together all right it's it's a very you no know, you you could write home about it
0: my uh, my wife is amazing at bacon like even when she makes bad cakes she's inadvertently makes good cakes And sometimes the bad cakes are are like a better, to be honest, Mm. because they weren't quite. So I'll give you an example. She made a cake this weekend, Mm. and she put frozen fruit in it instead of fresh fruit. So it made the middle quite stodgy, but actually it made it better because it was kind of like crusty towards the end, not like Mm. burned, but just like had a had a crispness to it. And as it got to the middle, it became like a gooey cakey.
1: Nice. It
0: was a, it was amazing dessert. I wish I had some custard. I was kicking myself that we hadn't bought any custard. Oh, we didn't even have vanilla ice cream. You know, we're really unprepared for. I was unprepared for dessert pimping. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) what can you say? That I mean, ultimately. If you ask me what my favorite cake in in Germany is, it's all of them, all of the damn cakes. Give me, give me, give me,
1: <laughs> <laughs> give me all. Same here. I love the cake. I just love it. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to move away from cakes because, as I mentioned, I love them. <laughs> but we also have a um, a recurring segment to discuss, uh-huh. and of course, it's that time in the week for Dilly's sports roundup. Our sports correspondent, Dilly Algamar, <laughs> is going to tell us. About her exciting observations on this week's sport. I watch cricket, Nick. Oh, yeah? Really?
1: There's spitting. (laughs) Why is there spitting?
0: Spitting in, in cricket specifically or just in general spitting? I
1: don't know why people spit in cricket. I mean, I never do anything... And I, and I do like, you know, cycle and jog and all of that. But I never need to spit. Why do people spit during cricket? You tell me.
0: I don't know. it. I do. I remember playing sport and finding that I did accumulate a lot of... Saliva. Yeah, saliva. <laughs> there we go. Excess saliva is the way we will term it. And I found, yeah, I find this when I do exercise in the gym or whether I'm doing it at home. After about ten minutes of solid workout, mm. my sinus is kind of open, and that's when thi- things things start getting interesting, listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i mean they don't. <laughs> Basically, it just there's a moment where it pops, and I'm, I can breathe fully, and I'm like, wow. So I get like a bit of a sinus issue anyway. So I know that for me, that that would be an issue if I was running. I know when I've played rugby that it was is something that was. was occur and you would accumulate and you'd need to get rid of i do feel like cricket's a bit more sedentary than say rugby or football you see a lot of footballers spitting not always on the ground sometimes at each other
1: Ew. yeah i
0: mean it happens that's happened there's been some famous incidents of spitting in football over the years really yeah yeah, yeah seriously yeah yeah it's proper grim like football is not the polished article that they would have you believe
1: i mean i know <laughs> that in cricket like they also spit on the ball and then they rub it on their backsides. Oh, yeah yeah I assume that it's to polish it. And then they have these red streaks and down the back of their pants.
0: I mean, I find that fascinating about rugby, um, about cricket, sorry. I mean, I'm not a big cricket fan. How little changes to the surface texture of the ball mm. makes it spin in a particular way, and it's why you get all those cricketers who carve chunks out of balls mm. when before they throw them, and they'll like pull bits off, and they get—I think—they get lifetime bans now for doing that kind of stuff. It could just be because they're exercising, but it could well be because it's boring. I mean, imagine if you're if you're not the batter or the bowler or engaged in the middle bit, the wicket keeper, that kind of jazz, mm. and you're just standing in the backfield waiting for a ball to come at you. What else are you going to do? you can't read a book might as well spit on the floor right
1: might as well spit and and they shift your balls that's a, they do that too
0: uh, right okay i don't want to be i don't i feel like whenever we have a conversation daily that i suddenly have to be the advocate for all m- mankind which I've, i really do not feel the like devil's an, advocate i can't carry that burden with me but all i'll say is sometimes you just need to rearrange your shit that's all sometimes best best not to do it in front of the 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 paying public, but needs must. so i, I I'm not going to criticize any man for having to readjust themselves mid mid sport
1: it's It's just fascinating. I mean, I think I've uh, I wrote this down somewhere. It's like a golf club is very essential to the golf game spitting and ball shifting is essential to cricket mm-hmm. that's it pretty much sums it up i mean there's a bat and a ball somewhere
0: honestly the worst sport to play at school cuz as as we've gone over a few weeks ago i was a big lad so i always ended up i'd never got to be the, the first batsman or the first bowler i would be in the outfield basically kind of kicking up daisies and waiting for something to do inevitably I, there'd be nothing to do for about 30 minutes then a ball <laughs> would come hurtling at me i'd drop it and everyone go oh how oh. and i just like, i hate this sport it's <laughs> shit um, so so like i'd yeah i get it i'm not a big fan to be perfectly honest
1: disdain
0: disdain the ball Mm -hmm. tugging that goes on yeah moving on from ball tugging then i'm not (laughs) sure if we answered that question dilly to the best of our ability but there was words and it did take up five minutes (laughs) Um, (laughs) let's let's get into the the meat proper of this show let's get into the 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 big topics. The nitty gritty. Yeah, the nitty gritty indeed. Picking up from last week's episode where we talked about the excitement of uh, fashing, I attended my first kinder fashings party ever in my life on Sunday afternoon.
1: Tell me, Nick. Tell me everything. It was
0: downright interesting. There was a lot of things that i expected it's kind of i guess my first real fashions party they have ever been to because i've been to mm-hmm. fashions the fashions sort of parade the zoo and i've seen those before and they're a, a particular type of enjoyment I've, I've never really got dressed up but i got what
1: were you dressed as
0: my daughter was a monkey and so i went as a gorilla and my wife of course obviously went as a bumblebee um so i <laughs> don't know why that was
1: That's so cute
0: yeah it was very sweet and it was a nice thing to do and, and i enjoyed the fact that yeah that we were sort of team team and all kitted out in sort of costumes and um <laughs> yeah so we went to a sports club mm. other side of the city uh, it was in a well-heeled part of town. You mm-hmm. could tell from the, the largeness of the windows in the houses and where they were situated. It was all very modern uh, builds and lots of like SUVs in the in the driveways uh-huh. and lots of sort of middle-class types. And, and live hedges. Right up our street. Oh yeah, all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. And the sports hall... Uh, of the sports club was where the party was held. And I guess the best way of describing it is if you've been to a child's birthday party ever in your life, Mm. it was like a child's birthday party where there was no child whose birthday it was. There was no focal point. So you had beer benches set up for everyone to sit around Mm. on. paid i think we paid like three euros and you had um, an area that they'd marked off using old school wooden benches Mm -hmm. which i hadn't seen since i was in school so that made it was a it was a particular delight for me and there was a DJ booth played sort of kids songs and the kids danced along and they did the actions and then periodically roughly about every 10 minutes they would blow a horn and just throw handfuls of sweets into the faces of tiny, excited oh children. No. It was hilarious. It was great. I think it's the only place I've ever been in my entire life where it seemed perfectly fine and legitimate for an adult man to throw like boiled sweets at small children. And no one complained. The kids loved it. The parents laughed and uh it was fine and i said like, i want that that's the job i want, <laughs> I want to be this. <laughs> oh, i'll totally ace that kid in the face with a boiled sweet um and yeah i mean they just throw sweet sweets out because that's what they do when they do the the parades they throw sweets into the crowd i see and then they had like a little stand where they were they were selling tickets so you could get refreshments okay. shall we say they had crap and the hard coffee and they had beer as well so that was quite nice
1: do i have it right so you went to a kid's birthday party and you had to pay for the food and no, drink. no it's
0: a it's a fashion's party but it was like a birthday party
1: ah, so it's okay. a fashion's
0: party but like that's the best way i can explain it was it's like a birthday party for a ch- small child mm. but there isn't a child but the whole setup is exactly the same it's same vibe mm. same kind of screaming children running around everywhere Mm. same shitty music that you'd expect to hear at a kid's birthday party and just loads of gossipy parents all Ah. like eyeing each other up okay so that was the other side of it too the costumes were interesting so the kids costumes were one thing but the parents costumes now that's where the interest (laughs) Would
1: lie. Tell me, tell I me, would say. give me the deed, stick.
0: Most popular women's costume or mm-hmm. mother's costume was, of course, Minnie Mouse. There was lots of Minnie Mouse mice, mice's, mouses, Minnie mice's, minis. Uh, there was lots of minis around. Yeah, loads of them. Almost exactly the same get up. It was hilarious. Um, mm. There was also a lot of costumes that someone had worn to a Halloween party about five years ago, and they have like mm. decided, yeah, this is the halloween costume plus fashion costume which meant that mm-hmm. you got some slightly inappropriate costumes shall we say slightly like? so if you were at an event where primarily children under the age of 10 were going to go would you think it's acceptable to dress up as uh heath ledger's joker would you think that was an appropriate costume to go to a kid's fashion party
1: that's a bit scary it's a bit, you know?
0: bit full-on right
1: you might as well have an x in your head
0: uh, yeah, a little bit and then um how about if it was a partner costume heath ledger's joker and harley quinn a sexy harley quinn outfit
1: oh oh <laughs> uh, i do you think it was the economy and people just didn't want to spend on new clothes
0: i appreciate that that's what it was but i kind of thought I just I was like, hey, each to their own. I'm not here to judge, but I kind of I'd love to know that I'd love to have heard that conversation, how that conversation went. Like and their daughter went was appeared to have gone as as Snow White. So that didn't really make any sense to me. You had mm-hmm. Joker, Harlequin, and Snow White. So none of it did the math for me personally. But yeah, I guess I guess it is a lot of recycling. There's a Cleopatra as well, a very very elegant looking Cleopatra.
1: Oh, okay. That's so,
0: that's more the vibe, yes. I would say. Cowboys, Cleopatra. There was a fawn. There
1: was a fawn.
0: Yeah, really. Actually, the best costume was the fawn.
1: Wait, wait, wait. When you say fawn, what do you mean? Not a fawn, right? Ah, a fawn. Um, a mobile phone. So there was
0: a woman whose costume was... She had done the most amazing mm. makeup. Like, she obviously uh, either knew someone who did, did professional makeup or did it herself, which is even more impressive. And it should she had should should it in such a way to create a face that looked like she was a fawn person and she had a little like fawn head headdress so she looked basically like a baby deer
1: Ah, oh, you mean a fawn yes i, I, I.
0: yeah okay. yeah i know it's i'm gonna ruin the the the, ah. the, the vowel sound because i'm a geordie <laughs> fawn like it was a fawn you know one of them fawns not a phone so a baby deer. A baby deer. Baby. Yeah, it's a baby deer.
1: Bambi. Oh, I remember say. Bambi.
0: And she was she looked really good. She uh-huh. looked the easily the best costume. But yeah, there was there was mm. a lot of range of costumes. I was quite surprised by them. Lots of Elsa's from Frozen.
1: Uh you mean among the children?
0: Yeah, lots. Okay. Like easy, twenty-five of the kids. I'd say there was about 120 kids. There was twenty-five of them were dressed in Elsa's various different types of Elsa it's hilarious
1: ah good luck telling them apart
0: I mean yeah exactly I think there was a bit of confusion going on so and it was good that they did serve beer because they were partway through the screaming children I did really honestly think I need a drink Mm. and then of course it's Germany so my wife turned to me and just went I'll just get a beer then I was like they serve beer yeah just get a beer okay (laughs) no problem (laughs) I'll do that I'll do that now um Nick yeah
1: You had said that some dads are totally lame. (laughs) Would you sir, care to elaborate? Yeah, so
0: the other thing that I noticed that I was kind of surprised by was how many dads were like, just didn't have a costume or they just totally half-arsed
1: it. They did not.
0: Yeah, like there was a guy Mm. who had like a traditional Bavarian hat and it was kind of like that was it. He basically had his own clothes and he kind of looked like... Left the house and gone odds oh, put this on, um which I thought was just a poor show. There was a few there, there was there, there was a range like there was a guy dressed as Batman, mm-hmm. and there was that guy, so there was a range of different costumes. but it did feel like again a lot of dads who were kind of half arsenate or half measures all the way. And I felt that that was a bit, That's a bit disappointing. It I is. don't know. I feel like if you're going to go to a kinder fashions party, you might as well just go. There was a lot of kind of too cool for school attitude going on. So I found that totally lame.
1: I mean, I, I feel sad making people like buy new clothes for anything. I mean, things are very expensive right now. But on the other hand, I mean, I mean, I can imagine like you turn up as a gorilla to a party and then the other men that you have to share beer with are just in their... Usual winter clothing.
0: <laughs> there was a bit of that. There was a bit of that shirt. I went out for a vape in my And you're
1: like, you know, don't step on my tail.
0: Yeah. I went out for a vape in my costume and it was me a guy there was a guy who dressed as a unicorn, he put me to shame. He was hilarious. And he just looked like a proper nice. bloke in me down the pub, but he had a full face paint, mm. unicorn, lycra, everything. And and nice. then there was like just a load of guys in normal clothes. And I was I, I was kinda like me and the unicorn guy are cool. <laughs> you other guys are lame
1: did you and the unicorn guy did you make fun of them <laughs> like, oh.
0: i don't not sort of overtly but we definitely there was a knowing sort of service as we were like the only ones mm. in costumes outside and um he was he was quite canny he said he, he said goodbye when we left um so that was good oh, I, you know you make friends everywhere right uh, yes <laughs> i think i don't know i think it, it, i get the instinct of like oh i don't want to look like a fool but i'm kind of like well it, oh, my daughter thought it was so funny she loved it she, lo- she was so annoyed when i took the costume off when i got home and she was like why are you taking the costume off <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> like keep the costume on and i said like, oh, i don't want to wear it now and she's like oh just put the costume have the costume why are you taking the costume off and she went to my, my wife and was like why is daddy not wearing his costume <laughs> so um and i was like that was worth it. that was worth it by any stretch. So I was quite happy with that. I enjoyed it. it did, I did feel like every time I do one of these activities, I, I begin to feel like, I don't know, uh, like a like an old man. <laughs> like, a, like I'm a dad.
1: Is it that you get to experience like uh, childhood again with your daughter? And I think that's cute.
0: Because it was my first, fashions party Mm -hmm. and it was her first fashions party. I did feel like we bonded. She kept looking at me going like, whoa, like what is that? Or what is this? And I was like looking at her going, I don't know, what is that? (laughs) It's weird. This is weird. And it was like that I loved that aspect. And I was like, oh, there's gonna be loads of stuff that we do Mm -hmm. like in the future where we're both gonna be going like what is going on here like this is something that we've never done before like what stuff at school mm. or whatever it'll just be both for both of us quite weird so i i, I do see it as like a really nice bonding kind of moment mm. but the other part of me is like oh right i remember when i was my daughter's age and would go to parties and you just wouldn't think about what your parents were doing at the party and now like they're going off and like having fun mm. yeah it's just having fun and that's great and uh, but you're you've then got to work out what you do for two hours and kind of how many small talk conversations can I have with parents that I'm never going to meet again you sort of end up being quite isolated which is a bit shit mm. and I don't really want it like the conversations and just it's a Sunday afternoon you don't don't really have any energy for small talk and mm. and discussing things so I suppose that's on me but I hope I hope that kind of changes where it's a bit more it's a bit more fun for both parties Mm. but that's not always going to be the case the one thing i really did annoy is was because there was loads of really small kids and loads of really uh, sort of young adult kids Mm. when they threw the sweets out the little kids just didn't get a shout all the big kids would kind of the sort of 10 to like 12 year olds would kind of pile in the middle and get everything and the little kids would just be missing out and then once once my daughter realized that there were sweets being Mm. thrown she was like why can't i have any And they wouldn't give, understandably wouldn't give us any sweets. But I was like, can't you just like throw loads some to some of the older kids mm. and then just like throw a couple out like yeah. to the little kids yeah. and they can just collect them up. And they didn't really do that. And it was a bit disappointing. They yeah. kind of like need to look out for the little tiny kids because I'm not going to chuck. Because I was like, well, maybe I can just go in and just get some. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, of course I could. I'm bigger than all these kids. I just boot them out of the way. <laughs> but like, even if I was just like tangentially trying... To grab a sweet in midair and I accidentally elbowed a t- 10 year old in the face that's not going to go well mm. is it so i can't help and and i can't throw my daughter in there without her getting like destroyed by a load of preteens mm. and i'm not going to send my wife in there because she's pregnant and that doesn't make any sense mm. although i reckon if my wife got in there with a gymnasium voice she would scare the <laughs> shit out of everybody um she's the power yeah so it, it does feel a little bit yeah, a little bit a little bit shitty on that front, but everything else was quite good. I quite enjoyed the overall experience. I, I would do it again.
1: Did you take public transport to get to the No, nah, I just drove.
0: Ah. No, nah, it was one of those places where public transport was absolutely no chance of getting to. I see. There's a lot of that around here, like where there's there's a village that's just, just like sort of far enough away that public transport would take about an hour and a half to get there. Yeah. So we ended up having to drive but that was that it's always better when you get to go on public transport because you get funnier reactions when you're in your in your costumes (laughs) people were driving past me and my daughter walked to the car (laughs) and people were driving past and they were like stuck to the windows just going whoa (laughs) so I've got an objectively very cute daughter she's really cute and so like cute to the point where when she was a baby would walk around the streets and people would stop and like want to talk to us because they Aww. really just wanted to see my daughter and so we wearing a, a monkey costume heightened it and then there's me just holding her dressed as a gorilla i just thought they were like ah oh, this is christmas and like people <laughs> like pure winding down the windows to get a better look it was hilarious
1: interesting stops uh, at the red light <laughs>
0: yeah exactly this is me <laughs> driving okay (laughs) (laughs) like many listeners i have been hooked by germany's most exciting new soap opera the interestingly titled berlinwald 2000 dreion zwanzig oh yes baby (laughs) it's got everything drama Bland lead characters, tensions over motor vehicle use within large urban areas, a public vote, and now some hot and heavy coalition negotiations. Ah, yes. The finale of the berlin Wahl 2000 was on Sunday. And of course, I'm talking about the Berlin local elections. And for those of you not watching, the Berlin election returned some, uh, some interesting results. The results were not great viewing for the current governing coalition, who mm-hmm. saw uh, significant and slightly less significant drops in their voting. So we had a minus three for the SPD, and they got 18.4%. And there was a, zero point, a minus zero a 0.5, I think, for uh, de Gruner. And they got eight, also got 18.4%. Ooh, the tension, can mm-hmm. you imagine? But the real big winners were the CDU, Christian Democrats. And they got a plus 10.2 on uh, their result, giving them 28.2% in the vote. And mm-hmm. um, the, the backstory to this election is that there was a, a, f- a vote in 2021, and it was a total bollocks in the end, wasn't it? Um, there was reported um, issues with uh, accounting votes, with actually voting, with um, opening and closing times of vo- uh, polling booths, all of those kinds of problems, and, and the court, courts ruled that they'd have to redo the election, and that was what we had on Sunday. So, there are the results, Dilly. What do you make of them
1: i can see that the ifd still has a presence unfortunately
0: yeah everyone seems to go for the rfd right everyone like turns well what was the rfd vote they got
1: 9.1 <laughs> they have 9.1 percent but it, i think it's a little sad like like the greens for instance they have like twice as many votes as uh the ifd isn't that a bit scary <sighs>
0: i don't know how scary it is right to be yeah. honest i think yeah. a lot of people i always think it's dangerous to extrapolate from state elections to yeah. national elections yeah because every state has a different kind of way of thinking mm. and uh um a wise person told us on uh on twitter the other day that this really probably doesn't have a lot of national significance it's more of a uh city council kind of election mm. so i appreciate that but obviously everyone rushes to look at what the rfd are doing and they got 9.1 But mm-hmm. the real big headlines have been the fdp fdp's failure to get 4.6 percent. and listeners who've been paying attention um you will know that the fdp are part of the national coalition with yeah. spd and the greens so they're in national government and they have been taking a right old kicking when it comes to local elections state elections and city elections the ftp i think it's the fifth one that they've failed to reach the five percent mark or at Mm. least took a significant hit so there's uh, question marks around how um, supportive they will be of coalition politics going forward and you've got the SPD uh, licking their wounds after mm-hmm. they failed. I think, if I'm right, they failed to win a single a single area of the city. They oh. didn't win a single area, and they didn't. Did they not win a single mandate either? Because you have you have two types of vote, don't you? You have. I, I always this is the bit that confuses me about German mm-hmm. elections. If I'm right, I think the the mandate is first past the post, and I can't remember if it. So you have like two kinds of systems in play, mm-hmm. but um. So they didn't win any of these mandates either. And so it's basically the city saying we're not very really happy with the SPD. A lot of people and even the CDU in, in some quarters have admitted this Were p- people voting for the CDU in a protest. So there is a lot of background to it. But yeah, I mean, it's not great news that the after is on 9.1%, but I don't feel like it's the headline.
1: I think uh, something that also features quite heavily in the Berlin election discussions is housing, affordable housing to be exact.
0: Yeah, it's a massive one, yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm uh, very excited to see where that is going because you see in the UK, like, or maybe it's because I read The Guardian sometimes, and um, how difficult it is to pay rent or buy a house. The social expectations of Having a family, owning a house, I mean, these have completely changed in the last co- a few years. I mean, the same thing's happening in Germany. I find it interesting how to see how Berlin is tackling this. I think I watched a couple of uh, interviews with um, Franziska Giffey. That's how you say the name, I'm told.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We totally screwed up the name <laughs> last time we were saying Giffy. It's Giffey. <laughs> Don't worry, we got your emails,
1: <laughs> Francisca. Give way, it is. So um, you know they they talk about uh, social housing, but uh, I mean, does anyone talk about the monopoly landlords and landladies, uh, like house owners, have in renting them out to people at such high prices? Prices, and you have um, people queuing like you know round blocks uh, to view an apartment the the future of housing doesn't seem very promising to be exact
0: i think berlin's an archetype and it's certainly worse than berlin berlin's a very popular city people want to, a lot of people want to live there there's a lot of good reasons to want to live in berlin it's a fantastic city for a lot of reasons but the um the housing there is i I'll speak to anyone in berlin they'll they've never got a positive story about the housing situation which needs to be tackled but there ain't any state in in germany that's really nailing that question down here in the south the um, state elections are are fast approaching and there was there was a a csu kind of promotion about how they've done this that and the other for housing and then the actual numbers were released and they'd made all these promises about we're going to build thirty thousand social housing and they haven't done any of anything Mm -hmm. like that or subsidized housing Uh, yeah yeah or subsidized housing or anything like that so so i don't think anyone's really succeeding and berlin's berlin certainly had that those problems but there's been lots of other issues you know in play there's been things like the there's a massive um issue around friedrichstrasse and the fact that they've closed that to car traffic and um a lot of complaints from people who live there a lot of complaints for people who uh have shops there uh but also a lot of support for it because i think there's a lot of people who as as the map of 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 berlin suggests after the vote the inner city is all green and spd and delinca and the outskirts are all black and uh, cdu so there is a lot of support in the city for green policies that aren't supported on the outskirts and i don't know i just it seems rather depressing do you know we talked about the connection between mertz and and Mm -hmm. david cameron
1: yeah. And I was looking at this yeah.
0: election and I was like the same it's the same thing because you've got the CDU now going we have a right as the biggest party to form a government and it's like well you've y- you may be the biggest party you didn't like I hate if people keep talking about the CDU won the election and I'm like well if they won, there wouldn't be negotiations they didn't mm. win. They just are the biggest party, but nobody won, and that's why everyone has to have a discussion and a negotiation. And it's like, well, if you want to form a government, you're going to have to negotiate. Stop slapping your chest and saying we won; it's unfair. We we have a mandate to govern. It's like, yeah, you got the most votes, fine, but you you need to compromise. Everyone needs to compromise. Why is that so fucking hard? That would be the best thing for Berlin. As if you came out with like, what is the best for Berlin? functioning government, how can we deliver that? <laughs> well, we're gonna have to act like adults for for a couple of years and not, do the, the hard work.
1: Not the Christian Democrats?
0: Well I mean everyone I think I think the, the Greens have uh, are maybe pushing things that rightly so. I don't disagree with them, but I think there's ways and means of, of bringing people with you that I feel that like they haven't. The SPT have lost a lot of trust. Yeah. I don't see how yeah. Francisca Giffey with the best will in the world can remain in the position of mayor. So I think she needs to stand down. Mm. But again, I don't think she will. I think she'll, it'll be ego in play. Yeah. I'll so have to drag her out by her boots, you know. Um, <laughs> it just seems, it just seems a, it's f- faintly ridiculous, really, that, that you ca- these people can't act like adults in the capital city. Yeah. And y- y- you're right in saying you would hope that there was...
1: Um, more meaning for... Yeah, yeah. Something
0: yeah. like an example that we could could see being used in the uh the rest of the country but actually Germany's that kind of upside down kind of place where the capital city is the last place you look for ideas for the future right it's kind of it's almost a, an example of what not to do in government a lot of the time
1: yeah i mean even the run-up to the election has been a bit of a farce. sometimes i think there was um there was the uh, the one guy whose uh, campaign slogan was, um, I am from Berlin. So like, um, I'm born in Berlin, whereas uh, Berlin consists uh, quite a bit of uh, migrants and people who've migrated to Berlin, either from other parts of Germany or actually it's also a very multicultural city and you have people from different countries having come to Berlin. And if you are worth any of your party salt, The one thing you don't say is, I deserve to win because I was born here. It's one thing to think about it. I I mean, you know, you have your little party discussions around the table. And then to actually think, yeah, you know what? Let's go with that. Let's go with that. That's a different level of stupidity. It's
0: it's lowest common denominator politics, isn't it? But that's kind of what we've seen in in, in a lot of other other parts i mean at the moment that they're, they're still doing the post-mortem and reasons why mm. xyz party got this many votes or didn't get that many votes and and it's not clear yet who the coalition if there will be a coalition how that'll function mm. so there's still a lot of stuff up in the air, a lot of hot takes flying around but um, it does certainly sort of feel like the campaign itself cause mm-hmm. a lot of problems, especially for the CDU. They we talked about it, they spent a lot of time attacking and talking about this building up this chaos in Sylvester and this narrative of mig- migration hintergrund and all this shit. And like if I was in the Green Party or the SPD, I wouldn't feel that enamoured with a party that's that lowest common denominator, you know? How, how like it, it doesn't enamor you the other groups and we're in an era where you're not going to get majorities anymore especially not in germany you're not going to get one party winning out so maybe when you're campaigning don't try and just say the stuff that's gonna like fuck everybody off you're like you've got to understand that there's there's more nuance than you can't introduce american style campaigning to a system that doesn't work on one party rule Mm. like you're gonna have to compromise at some point so where like Make your compromises. Yeah. Like stop pretending that you can win outright. And and demonising the opposition and oh, this is Greens are destroying the city or like Berlin's Chaosstadt. And it's like it's not really. It's just a city <laughs> that is badly governed like it's not a dystopia it's not unfixable it's just not gotham
1: to... you know <laughs> no exactly oh, since you oh brought god. up the joker yeah
0: oh god oh <laughs> here's you just put an image in my head of the berlin batman oh there's so much leg work in there oh yes what an idea there's 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 some lucky uh tiktoker out there who's gonna make that because that's what it is berlin is gotham um <laughs> but it's not it's not of course it's and, not and it will be fine but maybe uh maybe some serious adult conversations can be had mature adults sitting around a table probably with a binder or two with information have a negotiation that's that's what they and need and not
1: hug all the sweets
0: <laughs> no, yeah yeah don't eat all the haribo <laughs> right don't i know that's your power move <laughs> but don't eat all the haribo <laughs> You know, we don't get a lot of criticism on the podcast, because luckily, our listeners are polite, lovely, decent people. That's not always the same with the blog, though, which tends to get a lot more heat. Apparently, any opinion is bad, unless it's from someone who didn't read the article. Yeah, I am bitter, listeners. Uh, (laughs) I'm only joking, I'm not that bitter. I do enjoy your feedback. Um, But I don't take criticism well, if I'm honest. But then... I kind of think after the the story that came out at the weekend that maybe my issues around criticism quite minor in comparison to ballet boss Marco Gurka who uh, had a quite an aggressive reaction to a review of one of his plays. Um, he stopped a th- a, a, a theatre critic and smeared dog shit in her face. A pretty pretty drastic reaction, I would say. Uh, what did you make of this story, Dilly? It's rather disgusting and weird.
1: <laughs> I can already smell it. Ew. Yeah, that's exactly it. I could smell it. That was oh god, so Horrible. this is the thing. So from what I read, he had pre-packaged pet poo. This was poo of his own dog, and he had it in a plastic bag, which he had opened somewhat in order to smear it on the face of the critique. So I'm gonna go with pre-packaged poo. I think I'm the world's first person to say that. Who does that?
0: The feces in question came from his pet, Dashund, who's called Gustav. Uh, and apparently he's famous in his own right for some reason. I don't know how a dog becomes famous. I don't know, maybe he's particularly good at painting. Um, but uh, he's a, the dog apparently dined with Prince Caroline uh, of Monaco.
1: Yes. Yes, um,
0: I found that a weird yes. tip, but there's a lot of weird aspects to this. But um, yeah, so Gurke Ge- was upset about a review of a play that he'd put on. And the critic in question, Vibka uh, Hüster, had written a scathing review. I think the translation is in the Guardian of what she'd written. And it said uh, of the play... Um, one alternates between a state of feeling insane and being killed by boredom so she didn't have anything pleasant to say and uh, obviously uh, Gurkha took this to heart I don't know I don't like criticism but I'm not entirely sure I'm going to take a bag of pre-prepared, what do you say, pre-packaged dog feces, I think was what you said, and uh, attack pre-packaged my Pre-packaged
1: poo. I was going for alliteration.
0: Oh, right. Uh, pre-packaged poo. I like it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, um, have you ever been that angry with someone that you felt that that, was, that would be a legitimate way of dealing with the situation?
1: I think I've been plenty angry with people, but I think I've also had the good sense to not... I mean... I mean, who's going to touch poo and smear it on people and not get it on themselves? I mean, has he practiced <laughs> That's your this? Is he That's what you're particularly... worried about. <laughs> Is he particularly good at this? <laughs> I mean, ew. Does he cook his own food? Ew. I guess when you
0: pick up after a dog, that the stretch to using it as a weapon isn't necessarily that bad. I mean, the story gets weirder, right? Because I came home today to find my Twitter feed alight with uh, videos of an interview Mm. that Gurkha apparently gave to was it NDR I think it was or maybe it was one of the other stations Um, oh no it was Frankfurt at Allgemeine Zeitung he gave the the interview to and uh, mm. he said that he apologized. What was it he said in German? It was it was even better in German. It was, Ich bitte um Witzung dafür, dass mir letztlich der Kragen geplatzt ist. Which kind of roughly translates as he was apologizing for the fact that his collar finally burst. And I felt like, oh, it's one of those apologies, right? It's one of those kind of non-apologies. I'm sorry that I got angry about the thing that is actually legitimately i'm allowed to get angry for uh he just said he, and he said he couldn't live with bad reviews and i just felt this sounds like a guy who's never had anyone tell him no <laughs> like that's what it felt like
1: yeah don't you think nick like the moment you the moment you hear that the dog has dined with princess of monaco or something isn't that the first indication that we are talking about people who are far removed from uh sensible behavior and feet on on earth and the ground
0: i haven't thought about it as deeply that aspect of it as deeply as the thing (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking about the motivation for it more than anything else yeah and i just felt like even if you're in the right you've suddenly just become like even if you had a point even if you felt like you were the injured party yeah you've blown it now I think he's banned from the opera. He is, I and I hope I they heard. don't
1: reverse that. I
0: don't, I, I don't know how you don't just find yourself in the hottest of hot water. And to be honest, I
1: don't know why anyone's letting him. Uh, why anyone's like asking him for interviews?
0: I think because it's the white hot heat of of this story seems to have attracted a lot of attention what
1: do they do shake his hand he probably had poor on it ew
0: nah no one's shaking his <laughs> hand no one just in case you don't know what's in his pockets I, 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 yeah I just think it's it's one of these things where where you, you can put a lot down to kind of artistic eccentricities or or whatever but like this is a step
1: no no <laughs> I mean you cut your own ear that's the uh, that's I sort of that's, said, that's pretty that's extreme as well <laughs> Well, if if you if you if one must, one cuts one's ear, and that's it. You don't do that to another person. It's to yourself. I feel
0: like it's a it's a very petulant move.
1: Very petulant, yeah. Very tantrumatic. It is,
0: yeah. So I just, like, oh, that's so childish, man. Like it is. You kind of got to just roll with it. My thought has always been, and this is even when, like, way back when, when the, they had the worst kind of. I was getting bullied or whatever. I always I honestly mm. believed, I always believed that like what goes around comes around. And like yes. no one lives a charmed life really. And and maybe maybe I was clutching at straws, but you sort of treat people poorly and it and it yeah. tends to come back on you in some way. So I mean I don't think
1: Absolutely.
0: I don't think it would have been at all useful for me to take on my um high school critics as they were <laughs> dog feces (laughs) i would have gone real poorly for me so not a great strategy to employ
1: you are collateral if you do it and i think that itself should be a deterrent okay
0: what say you're still gonna smear something in someone's face right Mm -hmm. but you don't want to use dog feces Mm -hmm. and what would be the alternative Uh, because i think it would have been much funnier if he'd used Nutella, I think it would have been way more funny if he'd like pretended it was dog shit and he's like, "Ah, oh, I've uh, rubbed dog shit on your face. And it was like actually like a, a melted Snickers bar. That would have been, I think objectively, people would have found that quite funny.
1: I mean, this is a performance artist or someone who directs performance yeah, exactly. artists. Yeah. Whatever happened to the age old Charlie Chaplin pie, you know, like a pie in a face, Nick, you know, bring back the vintage stuff. <laughs>
0: bring back the vintage comedy (laughs) i would have said the the three top options then are okay starting number one is obviously the pie in the face thank you number two nutella no 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 i'd say number two has to be the bucket of confetti because that's the obvious one yes think you're going to get some water on you and it's confetti you have the reaction that you're going to get water on you you look stupid i think it's a good choice or number three this is this could go like real sideways, real fast, but I think the payoff would be worth it. And it would be a gun that when you fired it, um, a, a flag came out and said, bang, that would be the last one. I think the last one's touch and go. Pulling a gun fake or no on anyone is probably going to go poorly. Yeah. But I still think the payoff would be quite sound. So I think he had options. He just went for I the I think worst you're lucky
1: option. that Simon is not here because he would have <laughs> really shaken his head. Because you said gun nick and simon would not have cared for that
0: <laughs> um so yeah some good options all round. i think mm. i think uh, it's can a i shame add one to that please yeah go on.
1: water and flour in that order i've always wanted to do that because flour doesn't come off easily if you've got water first
0: especially if you're at the opera because you've got to assume people are dressed up and they're going to the opera right yeah so you got the theater all dolled up, and then someone jumps out and throws flour and water on you. Yeah, that's not going to go well. No, I, I just think I just think the guy had options. He, d- he did for a man who clearly has a has a job based on his ability to be creative. He wasn't. He, it sort of his muse escaped him in that moment. <music> so, Dilly, are you the type of person? That would enjoy a nap on your lunch break.
1: You know, Nick, I am that kind of person. I will enjoy a nap on my lunch break. I am for people living their best lives at work. Eat well, you drink well, you you use the loo as you want to. And sleep. And you sleep if that is what you want.
0: How about if your boss paid you to take a nap at work? With would that, would that would definitely interest Getting you, right?
1: Getting paid to sleep, Nick. What's
0: <laughs> what's, what's the complaint about? Uh, my eyes are lighted on a Süddeutsche Zeitung article. Um, it's from, I believe, the column Beste Dinger, the best things. And it was called snor- snoring and toiling in English. Mm-hmm. Or for those uh, native Germans out there or non-native Germans, can't avoid the excitement with which I say these words, snarken and schuften, which is uh, snoring and toiling yeah the there is <laughs> this is a from a councillor in in leipzig uh who has demanded that afternoon naps in the office be recorded as working time and what i love about this article is it broadly agrees with that statement so the uh um councillor thomas uh there's a lot of good names in this week's episode, listener. We, it's been. I hope I've, I've done them justice, but Thomas Cumbanus uh, applied uh, to have office naps recorded as working hours for the city administration, mm-hmm. uh, and you can understand why that would hit the headlines. Uh, mm-hmm. And so um, it's brought out this question about, well, you know, work-life balance, different schedules in people's lives nowadays. Why would it be such a, a, a terrible idea? Of course, um, the the important bit to note about uh, Herr Cumbanus is that uh, he is a member of the party uh, Departei, which is a satirical political party, which is fair <laughs> enough. But I think he still has a point. I think the whole idea of of, of applying for uh, official nap times at uh, government buildings or city administrations was probably a satirical point about the laziness of beamters. But
1: um, I think he has a point, right? Hammocks, Mm. hammocks in the office. That's what I say. I mean, I'm sure people have said this before, but if people feel sleepy, they should be able to sleep. (laughs) And I mean I think, isn't that the foreign? Wasn't that uh wasn't that Malcolm X
0: who said that? Was it Mal <laughs> I think it was Malcolm X, right? I'm sure he I'm sure I saw that in the uh biopic. Um uh, he definitely said that. I
1: No, no, it was Gandhi, it was roof- Gandhi,
0: it was Gandhi, right? It was Gandhi. it was Gandhi, it was Gandhi, no, 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 I don't think it was Gandhi. Uh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will <laughs> shout it from the rooftops if need be <laughs> people should be able to eat when they're hungry go to the loo if they want to or drink when they want to there's nothing wrong with sleeping although I did wonder when, when I saw the news I was pretty sure that it can't be someone from the Sedeu because it doesn't have that um, capitalist ghoul element to it
0: yeah i mean i think then it would be like you can if it's cdu were doing it you's like you can sleep in the office as long as you look like the majority of our party and happen to be the same gender as the majority of our party but if you have a <laughs> migration background then you must not sleep <laughs> i think that'd be the sort of cdu policy on it Maybe I'm being too harsh.
1: But uh, haven't we seen this in the British Parliament? Like you've had like various people sleeping. Jacob Rees mug. I think there are more photos of him parallel to his seat in the parliament
0: oh yeah that i think that was an attempt at um humor and it, i think he was trying to make a point of how the opposition was boring him but um it just it made oh, him look he like he wasn't sleeping nah he just was pretended to he just made him look like a, a massive arsehole but then he does come across as a massive arsehole uh, but there is instances certainly in the house of commons and in uh, definitely in the house of lords where there's mm-hmm. this, you'll be watching someone giving a speech and in the background, there's someone who is clearly asleep. And a lot of the time they'll go, oh, it's because I don't hear very well and the speaker's in the chair and I just had my ear on the speaker so I could hear it a little bit better. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't pass the mustard. You had two pints <laughs> at lunchtime. You clearly are sleeping off a six o'clock hangover. So it is the case um, that, that, that our politicians in Britain have a tendency to do this i don't know i think i think a 20 minute nap after lunch isn't a bad idea i knew a guy who i worked with he was an engineer and he would eat his lunch as quickly as he could and go back to the office because everyone was in the canteen or going for a walk mm-hmm. or going to bakery and he'd have he'd use the rest of his lunch break put his feet on his desk and go to sleep for 30 minutes and I always thought that was a pretty brave move.
1: <laughs> it's a very brave move. It's ambitious, actually, because I couldn't do it. I wouldn't wake up in 20 minutes. I don't know what a power nap is. I have to sleep for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: don't, I don't know they really exist. I think basically you wake up, you're groggy for about 20 minutes, and then you feel oh, like... okay. Uh, apparently, any, anything more than 25 minutes is a bad idea. When I've When I've had to do it, I, certainly when I've, I've had like intense schedules or I've had to get up early with my daughter or something's happened in the night, certainly when we had sleepless nights, I'd I'd probably not eat lunch. I'd just have a an hour-long sleep what? Uh, at lunchtime.
1: You sacrifice your meals for parenthood?
0: Oh yeah, I've done that before. Like certainly during the pandemic and when uh, my daughter had just been born and we weren't getting any sleep and I was still sort of working, um, I'd definitely do that. I'd rather not eat. Because you could sort of... You could carb carb load in between classes, so like you maybe have ten minutes between a class, so and it's all online, and you'd have an hour for your lunch, and I'd just I'd just go lie on the couch for an hour, and then sleep for an hour, and then get back to work, and just eat biser
1: See this, we we need to have a parent podcast, Nick.
0: I'm not sure that's good parenting.
1: <laughs> I, um, I'm I'm going to learn so much.
0: I think what you need to do is make a list of all your questions. Uh-huh. And then we'll just do uh Nick's parenting podcast.
1: Nick's parenting podcast. We should do that. Yeah.
0: It'll be one episode and that'll be us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To end this to end this point though, perhaps it isn't the case that Herr uh, Cumbernus's uh, great ideas are gonna come to fruition. But we can only hope. Uh we can all dream and uh What was it Malcolm X said, Dilly? We all deserve to take a nap. I think that's what he said, right?
1: We all deserve to take a nap. I think that is what he said. You know, I I can't make this stuff up. (laughs) That brings us to the end of the show. We are off to form a hammock-based coalition to take over Berlin. Hammocks, 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 hammocks. Hammocks, hammocks. (laughs) Bloody hammocks.
0: If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some of those stars our way as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome, or lowercase on Twitter or Instagram. You can also support the podcast by going to Ko-Fi.com, DecadesFromHome, and contributing to help keep this boat afloat. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dillion at Algama and you can tweet me at 40 German. you can also get us on decades from home at gmail.com if you have time take a look at fortypercentgerman.com weekly articles are up every saturday all that's left to say is thanks and be some next Tschüss.
1: cheers, cheers.